Are you ready for the divine feminine revolution? Let's get vulnerable and go deep. Hello, and welcome to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Megan Monday, and I'm here with one of my favorite people in the world, Julie Palmer. We were just talking in the green room, reminiscing about how we met on this podcast, and then I've had the honor of working with you in some of my coaching containers, Fearless Feminine and Glow, and you're just such a goddess-driven powerful inspiring incredible woman like i feel so honored to meet with you we had so much fun that very first podcast episode go check that out that was one of the very first ones i ever filmed and so now we're here like 100 episodes later and we get to chat about all the beautiful things that you've been up to so i'll turn it over to you for a brag intro you know the drill there well thank you my dearest megan and i am gonna brag that i've been Navigating a lot of heavy, heavy stuff. And yeah. and the more that I know I, as a woman who focuses on my own power and my gifts and how I can be in service to others, that life doesn't stop lifing while we work on creating beautiful businesses and, and serving beautiful souls. Life keeps lifing. And in this case, you know, grief has been a, a big part of that and other things. And so navigating a lot of stuff while also hanging on to my true purpose, I think is, mm-hmm. is the biggest brag I can share right now. Absolutely. And we actually were just talking about something pretty intense right before we went live. And I just had that experience of having to do like a little TV intro. And that day it was eclipse season. So there's that. But I got triggered like five times before I had to go on air. And I was just realizing we kind of did the same thing to you. So I think that's a brag in itself when you can... And that's how, how goddessy, right, to be able to be present in both the really, like, beautiful and wonderful and pleasurable and also, you know, the painful and, the you know, the deep, deep. So that is quite a brag. Well, thank you. And, and we do have that, that beautiful reminder from all of the goddesses and the goddess archetype, right, that we are so powerful that... On the one hand, we can love as only a mother can love, which is the purest, most protective, divine motherly love. And on the other hand, we can be that fierce protector and get angry and, and have that sacred anger at the same time. And whatever is in between all of that and the fear, right, for our, our loved ones. And, and that gives me comfort that there is, you know, this beautiful image and archetype that we can look to for guidance in, in all of these times. Yeah, we live in a really dualistic world. And, you know, I think we all want like positive vibes only, but that's also like impossible. <laughs> you know, and for my therapy background, I've been a dialectical behavior therapist. And one thing that I think really helps people's mental health is to realize that there's a dialectic. And so, you know, and I've had that happen many times where I was going through one of the best moments in my life, simultaneously going through one of the worst moments in my life. And so I think when you can embrace that level of chaos and duality, life gets a lot easier. And like you said, life doesn't start lifing or life doesn't stop lifing. And mom, you know, the mom job is never over either. So even when you're having a hard time, you know, sometimes that's when you're called on the most. Yeah, absolutely. And to be in a position of taking care of myself, but also taking care of whether it's my children, failing parents, 
And mm-hmm. and even though now I'm without parents, right? So I, I've achieved that achieved, haha, right? But I'm I'm at that point in my life where now I am the highest generation living for my You're family. The matriarch. Yes, yeah. yes, and you know, legacy. I know it's under sad become, circumstances, but. But also powerful. Powerful. Absolutely is powerful. And I was even reminded when I was preparing the, the eulogy for my mother's service, she taught me how to do this. And I didn't realize it until that moment because she was 33 when she lost both of her parents in the same year. And, and I can only now truly, truly start to comprehend what she herself had to go through. And, and she lived 42 years more where she was able to access joy and still be the kindest person and be in service to other people, right? And so that's what I'm looking at now is how do I use her example to be a legacy for our collective family, for all of my ancestors? And how do I bring my children up into that same recognition, right, where they are the continuation of that as well? And and it's not simply be, because, you know, just simply being a living legacy is one thing. But then what else is there, right? The inspiration of a life well lived, you know, and to remember that despite the grief and no longer having a life parents, I know that I can still access as much joy and delight and bliss as I want to. And I can teach my children to do the same, to, to prepare them for the same thing one day. You know, trusting that it'll be a long time from now. But still, that's part of the legacy is teaching our children how to thrive without us one day. And I'm only now just starting to really consider that. Yeah, and I think death is such a topic that we as a culture and as humans avoid. I I really like the quote that says something like, when the baby is born, you know, the humans celebrate and the baby cries. And Mm -hmm. then like when a soul passes on, the soul is happy, but the humans cry, you know, and I yes. think that's, again, like the yes. duality of it. And I think so true. And I think, you know, so often we don't get a good goodbye and, and that's not always possible. But I think that is the great process is like the making meaning and like, how do you say goodbye, even maybe not with that person in front of you, but still like symbolically for yourself. And yeah, I think that's really beautiful how you can honor her. And what does it mean? to kind of be the matriarch. Are you wrapping your head around that? Like you've certainly had some goddess practice. <laughs> well, and that's what I have to keep, you know, leaning into it. The, all of that beautiful energy I've already danced with, you know, I think of the high priestess energy that mm. that is a beautiful example of this. And I also think about storytelling, right? That now I, I want to share more story, right? To give context right and root even more roots to my children and eventually the grandbabies that you know it could be a few more years but they'll come you know mm-hmm. and and being oh, i'm probably gonna tear up with this being so dedicated to our family yeah here it comes and that's okay i am so okay we can do this that i understand for my family as a whole and and what it takes to work on ourselves and work together to solve big things that can erupt in families, right? And and that it's enough to hold tight to our families. Right. And and I, I recognize that not all families have that. Right. And so yeah. I'm not standing in judgment. 
I don't want this to be something that, that makes other people sad because that's not part of their family story. I'm only talking about what's true for my family, right? And that part of my role now is to be the one that takes the biggest stand for my family and for our collective thriving, you know? And because I have six children and people always go, what? You know, that means whenever they need extra support, it's being a stand for for them and for helping them find what they need, right? It's also for my college daughter who's going to Japan in the fall and we're still looking for scholarships that I know we'll find that are going to support her. There are so many ways that this starts to unfold and it feels, I feel so anchored in who I am and who we are as a family when I get to do that. And that is supporting me a lot right now. And, mm-hmm. and for that, me, that means more, you know, more thriving children, happier, more joyful, thriving children. Yeah. So what a brag in itself that you're the mom <laughs> of six, you know, to me, I can't even comprehend the emotional labor that would go into something like that. That's definitely been something that's on my mind a bit has been that like maternal deprivation. Is there anything you want to say to that? Like, especially going through a moment like this where, you know, I know when I'm having a bad day, I'll still call my mom and be like, well, <laughs> you know, when you don't have that mom to call in the physical form anymore, you can call on her spiritually, of course, energetically. How do you handle all the the hard moments of being a mom, especially a mom of six? Well, I rely on my partner. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm also so blessed that I'm so deeply connected to so many amazing souls. And and I can call in others like that as mm-hmm. well. And finding, gosh, any one of who I call my sister goddesses, right? That the goddess support league, right? Absolutely. That for me, that feels like it's enough, right? And 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 I'm good with that, you know. I I'm because I not not only do I need to be okay with that, right? Because that's my reality now, you know. It it just it is. It's not a matter of what I've lost. It's just a matter now of okay, what do I still have? And you know, and I even remember a comment I made to my husband after losing my mom, I I recognize that some people feel this orphan experience. And I've had other people kind of say that to me, but I can't say that I've felt that. I, yeah, I felt the grace. I have thanked my mom for already showing me how to live without my parents. And yet I feel grounded and anchored still. And I'm grateful because hearing that experience of others when they use that term, there's this other layer of it feels like unsupported, right? And and almost drifting. And I don't know what that feels like because that's not my experience right now. And I'm grateful because it reminds me that I am deeply connected to my spiritual practice and my my goddesses that who I serve who I feel supported by and it is my community it is my closest friends and 
it's my family, right? I've got adult children. And so I can lean on them too, as well as they can lean on me, right? So that is a beautiful gift in and of itself. Yes, absolutely. I love that because I think so many of us try to do it all on our own, you know, or maybe we ask for help and then people are busy or they're not able to or whatever. And then we just, it reinforces the belief we have to do it on our own. So I love how well your mom prepared you to, to step into this role of matriarch and, you know, that you're, you know, we, we both met through the pleasure community. And so like to be able to receive the support that you give, out you know i think that that is the ultimate gift as a goddess and i think a lot of healers are not very good at that they can give to others but they have more difficulty receiving and so i think it's beautiful to see you in that receptive mode the whole thing right we want to be able to feel good yeah along with making other people feel good (laughs) absolutely and and to know what kind of ways I need to nourish myself, right? Because what what I need is different from every other woman. We all have a very personalized way that we need to replenish and restore and Mm -hmm. fill ourselves back up. And so the more that I step into the highest version of me, the most authentic version of me, that allows me to know with even more clarity what I need. And, and to unapologetically say, this is what I need. You know, it surprised some people the day after my mom departed this earth, I went out into my community. It was a somewhat of a festival that we have the first Friday of every month. And I knew so many of my beloved community members were going to be out and about. And I knew the extrovert that I am, despite grieving the sudden loss, I was going to feel better. By seeing the people I love, by engaging in beautiful hugs where it was, you know, giving and receiving in those beautiful moments. And I did that. I did that. And I even told the world through Facebook, I'm like, hey, y'all, I'm coming out. And here's what I know I need. So when you see me, please feel free to wrap me up in a big hug because that's what I need right now. And that's what I got. And that's what I got. That's so beautiful. And I think, you know, a lot of people, it's so vulnerable to ask, Right. And I think that's where a lot of us just expect people to read our minds. Often if we're intuitive, we feel like everybody else is. And I think everybody has the capacity, but it's certainly a skill that you have to practice. And so I just find that people become so much more effective when you can ask. And sometimes you have to ask multiple times, right, to be able to actually get the the response that you need. So yeah, I think that's beautiful. I mean, you're so self-aware, obviously. And so, you know, it's really cool try. to see. Thank you. I found like when my dad was going through the cancer treatment, you know, had a lot of grief and tears. And when he's been a three-time cancer survivor, and so we've gone through this three times, and each time has been very emotional. And found like in those times of grief, even breakups or different things like that, I almost feel like more alive because you can see the really like beautiful moments and you have the really painful moments. I know when we were going through that this most recent time, that Adele song where it's washing your hands in the water, there's no gold there, that that whole one. Every time that song would come on, I would just be like, whoa, and just tears. You know, that was like my grief song. It was very popular. I want a lot. But do you kind of find that as you're going through this like raw moment? Do you feel more in touch with your humanity and aliveness? Well, this is what 
living is all about, right? And so the big emotions are part of it. It means we're living. It means we're truly living. Because if we were numb to it all and barely just went along life like this, what kind of life would we ultimately live? And so I, I'm an emotional person. I'm a Pisces. I'm an extrovert. I know who I am, right? And, uh-huh. and so I especially know for me that I can't be any other way than to be in the emotions of it. And that's, I think that's the best way to honor ourselves is to say, I'm going to live as fully as I can. And living fully, again, it would be total spiritual bypassing if it, like you said, good thoughts only, right? No, it, it isn't. Because having the opposite of what we desire in terms of, you know, the kinds of feelings, the kind of day we'd like to have, experiencing loss, experiencing really difficult times helps us, number one, find deeper gratitude for the good stuff when we have it. But it also, the growth that happens, right, the courage that we find in those situations, the trust in our own selves to navigate hard stuff. Thank you, Glennon Doyle, who keeps reminding us that mm-hmm. we can do hard stuff. <laughs> that is living. That is living. And so if we can I show up. she's a, a Pisces, if I'm right? mistaken. Oh. Mm, hell yes. Doesn't she seem like one? <laughs> it totally makes totally sense that you're a Pisces to me. Uh, thank you. That's really affirming. I appreciate that. Right? That's what this life is for, right? How do we live fully in every situation where we show up in the messiness and the wretchedness at the times that it requires us to, but we also find deep within us courage and strengths and unbelievable gift that we made it. We may not have yet known that they were there, right? And so that to me is the greatest gift. Right. At the end of my life, eventually, I'm going to look back and say, damn, you lived it, Julie. You lived it. Right. And that's beautiful. Yeah. And I think so many people are scared to do that because they don't want to be wrong or make mistakes or be imperfect. You know, and I think that's part of the goddess path is just absolutely the the chaotic, you know, that is sort of the feminine energy. Right. It's like the, the not form. Right, yeah. like the yeah. ethereal, the fluid, which is more, absolutely, you know, yes, intense. Let's say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, gosh, how can we help humanity fear failure less? Right, I think yeah. about that a lot. I think it's like about that it. Mindset, so yeah, huge. precisely, precisely, and and I, there, more and more, we're seeing beautiful reminders, you know, stories from who we perceive out there to be mega successful people who remind us how much they failed, right, to get to where they are. Mm-hmm. It is a necessary part of growth, right? Just like we skin our knees and eventually we got that scab comes off, right? It's just an inevitable, not the most fun thing, but yet it's life. Part of the right? cycle, yeah. And without it, I mean, how... I can't even conceive of a life that's lived without failure and the gifts that truly come from when we fail and we lean into it and we learn so that we are better for it 
and we pour that wisdom into the next thing. Yeah. I often say to clients, like, the only way you can fail really is not to go for it in the first place, you know? Yeah. This is really alive for me, partly because I've had, I, we both kind of share the writing call from the goddess, right? And I've had, I've known that that's been a big part of my path and purpose. And I, about a year ago, started really getting this kind of solid book idea and, but have had kind of writer's block and, you know, a, a shiny object project syndrome where I'm doing all the things, right? So it, for NaNoWriMo in November last year, when we were in Fearless Feminine working on the book stuff, really came through. But then I've had another big burst of it. And I think just as I was allowing it to flow, you know, the first thing was just like, oh, this isn't it. You can't write about this. And then I was like, well, no, just, I'm under a deadline to get like a certain amount of pages. So I was like, just write. You'll figure it out later. Yep, yep. And that's when it really came through. And so it was just such a humbling experience again, just to recognize that like that inner critic stops all the good stuff, the pleasure, the creativity, the satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of Elizabeth Gilbert's amazing book, yes. Big Magic. Because Her that off. Yeah, that book was gifted to me at a time when I was through some transformational training finally stepping into a bigger, more authentic version of me. And as a creative, it reminded me, number one, right? Failure is a part of it and yeah. and and a true gift. But also that each of us is blessed with our most unique gifts and we are here to create regardless of sales, art shows, right? Whatever it is, you know, even right publishing companies that we still are responsible to the great divine who has give, given us these beautiful gifts and skills. And when, if we deny it, somebody else may be gifted that, that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. That idea. And I love that because it was just a beautiful like, permission-granting kind of experience for me early on to just really fundamentally anchor me into that that truth that it is simply necessary to express my creative gifts and to and just to keep keep doing that and keep doing that regardless of sales right right and it's so easy to get focused on the outcome especially if you're trying to make a living I mean that's very real especially in these times and yet like to really be a creator, like you, you kind of got to do it for the love of it. Mm-hmm. I think you're maybe referencing this part in Big Magic where she talks about like having the story idea and then it ends up going to her friend. Yeah, isn't um, that and amazing? The friend writes the book. Yeah, oh. and and when I heard her do, I think she did a TED talk around Big Magic or something like that, and she was just talking about the muse kind of coming through you, and that actually really helped me create that it's kind of like channeling or tapping into something bigger than you because. I think it's maybe Brene Brown who says the first thing is, you know, I'm not good enough to do this thing. And then if you get over that shame, then it's who am I? Who do I think I am to be doing this thing? You know, and I work with a lot of artists and creators and, of course, goddesses. And, you know, a lot of us can't fit into the corporate or the nine to five kind of lifestyle. Like we are meant to be doing things outside of the system and on our own terms. And 
I think it's so exciting that technology has, you know, like I didn't need to ask permission to do this podcast. I just created it, right? Right, right. Technology has given us, you don't have to get an agent. You don't have to have the patriarchy's approval. Like, all you got to do is hit record. That is, oh, oh, you just hit something so powerful there, right? Because we are living in a time where everything is changing for us as women because we decided it was so. Right. Because we decided that competition didn't support us. That supports the patriarchy. Right. But co-creation, collaboration, celebrating each other, that that is how we choose to operate. And we're doing it for ourselves and nobody else at times. And isn't that just delectable? Right. And what a time to be alive to witness that absolute shift. Right. And knowing that it's going to be even better for our daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's what I love. Yeah. Agreed. Ugh. I know it's such a, I know it's such an intense time to be alive. Talk about like grief and dialectics. You know, yeah. there is so much potentially to grieve about. And yet there's also, I think, less publicized, but there's so many like grassroots behind closed doors or even like this kind of thing, a more public venue of, you know, people moving, moving the paradigm forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an exciting time. So I think yeah. if you're for the listeners out there, if you're feeling like, you know, the world has gone to hell in a handbasket kind of thing, you know, I could totally, I want to validate that. I can see that. And, you know, like things have to collapse for, for things to get better in certain ways. Yes, absolutely. And we are here not only to observe and to play in that beautiful playground that women are creating for ourselves, but that's also really radical. And part of how we can support the collective to not only survive the collapse, but to be part of creating the new of what's mm-hmm. going to come after as we move into thriving again, right? Collectively with systems and it's it's big work, but wow. I mean, I think about the beautiful humans who are 10 and 20 years younger than me, right? And how they're already showing up in the most wonderful ways that they're prepared for this too, right? That we're all working towards this, this same thing. A lot, you know, and that that requires us to be of the mindset, right? That we're okay with the crumbling of systems. And mm-hmm. and everyone else who isn't and who are fighting for the, to keep something older in place, I'm sorry. It's just there's, it's not gonna work. <laughs> it, it's it's not gonna work. And and having you know being on my own path, it's gif- gifted me with this understanding of these big cycles. And p- without us necessarily having to engage, they are happening, right? And it's a gift to be aware of it, number one, and to be able to back in the flowy goddess energy, right? To flow with the changes and to flow within the chaos while still being a stand for what we believe in and supporting the most vulnerable of us. That's that's all big goddess energy for sure. Yeah, big goddess energy. I love that. (laughs) 
And, you know, I'm just sitting here struck with like how much you're embodying some of the fearless feminine vibes. And, you know, I think you're your goddess by nature. So some of that is just you, you know. And I'm just kind of wondering if you care to share a little bit about, you know, what that experience was like. You did glow as well, I think, which is sort of like my pleasure primer. So just wondering if there's anything you would want to share about that. And just, you know, I think you're a fearless leader. Like you really are embodying, which I think sometimes is the hardest part, but embodying and leaning into and sharing and speaking about and helping women experience it through your retreats and different things. So I'm kind of curious if there's anything, you know, I'm a shameless plug here. Well, this is anything you want to share platform after all. So I got to sell a little bit. Please, I'd support yes, that. Next round is going to probably be next month. So, oh, awesome! And why? Why that? Of course, always makes my heart so happy is because I, I had a, such a beautiful, connected, affirming, exquisite experience. Every time I dance with you in your containers, the the vulnerability that we achieve so rapidly with, with whichever cohort happens, you have this magical ability to very rapidly bring this group into this sacred place where we can, we just, and it's not almost a decision, it's a feeling rather that we can say whatever we need to say. We can talk about the hardest stuff or our greatest desires, mm-hmm. right? And not only are we supported, but you can then go quickly into, well, well, what does that mean? Have you thought about this, right? And so there's, there's support, there's accountability, the joyful opportunity to witness other sisters just surviving and soaring with their own creative gifts and the from the earliest cohort, right, to the most recent one, just the exquisite opportunity I've had to witness other amazing women from the very beginnings of something to now. Wow, look at them and everything they're up to. That is my favorite part, I think. And, and the, oh, I remember you, not just that, but it's more, like, oh yeah, I already know you. And we can keep, you know, diving back in and now we're each at a different point and now what right now what is it that each of us needs and how can we then what is what's the next step that we're working on right Mm -hmm. or a new idea or a complete 180 whatever it is this is where it can be and from an early planted seed to something that is beautiful blooming that's been my experience so much i feel so honored i had to (laughs) intentionally make myself be quiet and receive the beauty of all of that because I wanted to jump and say things and I was like no no don't interrupt the transmission (laughs) but thank you for saying those things I feel so seen and validated and yeah you've done multiple rounds and multiple containers of programs and yeah I I feel so honored I mean I've always had even my therapy clients have worked with really amazing people and and creatives and goddesses and stuff coaching is like a whole nother level because it's like we're not having to deal well sometimes we do deal with mental health crisis let's be real but that's not it 
the main focus, although obviously overcoming your fear and tapping into feminine power is the focus. But yeah, it's that triple threat of the therapy background, the healing and the coaching. And I feel like it's such a juicy combo of all three Mm -hmm. because that's been my frustration with being a therapist for so long is that sometimes people, I totally get it, but they might have a limiting belief or they don't think it's possible for them. And so they kind of just stay stuck in their thing and they're like, maybe not able to take action or, or make strides. And so that's what's been beautiful about coaching is that, especially when money's on the line, you know, people really want it and they want that big passion, change the world business. And we need those businesses, right? Yes, absolutely. That's part of this exquisite paradigm shift where women are stepping into creating not only what they need, but what the world needs. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and in your, I think, representative of the kind of woman that is, is in my containers. And I think you brought so much, you know, with your loving energy and, and your, you know, goddess wisdom. And so I think that that's also what I love about coaching and groups in particular is just that, like, everybody gives. And so I think it's more reciprocal than, you know, with one-on-one coaching where maybe you're having a little more of that pouring into the person because of that dynamic versus everybody can give and receive in a group. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can in one-on-one too, but you know what I'm saying? Right. It's a little different dynamic. So yeah. thank you so much for, for that beautiful testimonial. And yeah, I think, I know for me, that was why I created Fearless Feminine was just because I knew I was supposed to write the book. I knew I was supposed to be like a public figure. I knew I was supposed to teach on these things. I was so scared. You know, some of it was body image. Some of it was like being on camera and tech and confidence. Some of it was just busyness of life, you know. And so I think when people express about like we all like kind of lock arms and rise together, you know, you need the support of your goddesses to be that out there. Absolutely. And you are an exquisite example of what I love about how you embody your role as a coach, because by you choosing to be authentic and share whether it's right a tech issue or this or that or right the good, anything, the bad, the ugly. <laughs> it just is right, and so you give us permission right? Whoever's in your container with you, right? Because you are not showing up as, and there, these exist in the industry, unfortunately. Coaches who put themselves on pedestals, right? Mm-hmm. But you yeah. still, you have a gift in how you show up for your clients, not only with all the tools and techniques and the ways you help them grow, heal, transform, you are also beautifully human, and that is a gift. Yeah, I fuck up a lot. I'm telling you, because we all do, because we all yeah, do, yeah. right? And so right. that's what I love. Because the next time I fuck up, I can I can feel okay yeah. about that, right? I don't have to get all it because I I've been reminded again and again, and it's it it is part of the magic of working with you. And I'm in in how can I even say this? In a better way, I feel like I'm stumbling over my words, right? But no, there is this, there is this exquisite permission of being real that is so necessary. 
it's that anti-shame, you know, and that yeah. does come from like my therapy experience because that's how I've helped so many people heal trauma was that like when, when you have trauma, there's so many, you feel shame about everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, so many people who are struggling for their lives, you know, it's because they feel deeply alone, not belonging. I mean, they're probably maybe a starseed as well, like that, or at least the people I'm working with tend to be, but, you know, they're, there's just so cut off from the beauty that they are. Mm-hmm. And it's because we have these impossible standards. And, you know, I even see this like in the school systems, I'm sure, you know, with college and, you know, mm-hmm. your your older kids. It's like we have to, the standards are so high. Like nobody feels like they're doing a good job and there's no permission to fuck up. Right. We all need that to be able yes. to explore what's good for us. And so I see yes. that with parents where they become like helicopter parents and, they're like doing the homework for their kids and you know whatever guilty here but i was like, just the I opposite get this done by tomorrow <laughs> like they get they got more homework support from each other than me i swear but again you take that you know, for a little I, more but i knew i had to raise my kids I to be self-sufficient speak. yeah i had too many of them if i was a helicopter mom for all six right i'd be hella exhausted right now Exactly. Yeah. Well, I need to take some lessons from you on that one. But yeah, when you have an only, it's a little bit, you know, different vibe there. Yeah. But, but but yeah, I just I and I see these parents where they're like, oh my god, my kid has to get into college, so this has to be perfect. And I'm like, no, like your teenager's job is to make mistakes, like, like a lot. So I time to so, do it. <laughs> yes, when it's yes. age appropriate. Yes, it's like the people that maybe got married early and get divorced in their 40s, and they have this big like sort of adolescent moment. And I totally get that. And you know, like I've also seen people wreck their lives because it's like a little less age appropriate to do that in your 40s and 50s than to do it in your teens and 20s. And so I think we put so much pressure on kids to expect them to go to college and expect them to know what they want to do. And, you know, I'm all about human design. And, you know, I work with people who have that open G center. I have a defined one. So that's like your identity and your vision of the future. So I have a pretty clear one. I always have. But for people who have that open, like my daughter does, a lot of people I work with do, they have a hard time like envisioning their place in the future. And I think that's really hard in the sense of like life purpose because they may not know. And then they feel like a failure. And then it's back to this whole like hopeless thing. And so just to say that I think, gosh, if I could, you know, wave a magic wand and change some society and even for myself, even though I've learned to embrace the fuck ups, like it still is a little agonizing, you know, but I love, you know, I think when, when you do shame reduction, it's about coming up with the stuff that we feel like it's not okay to say. And that's kind of what I wanted for the podcast too, is to talk about the more taboo, the things that we don't say and then fully embody and own it. Right. I would have been just so mortified a couple of years ago thinking about breaking down on a podcast because I had this belief of, oh, I need to be in the essence of who I am as a business owner and da-da-da-da-da. And look at us today, right? I know. Look at us I always say, I always say I bonus points, points for crying. crying. So right. I, you almost had me there when you were talking about it. And I think that that's coming through more for me. And I had the same thing in my early therapist days. I would never cry. And then sometimes people just touch your heart and the pain of what they're telling you is so deep that it's like inauthentic Mm -hmm. not to. And so that was definitely an edge for me. And I've cried a couple of times on the podcast as well. And it's to me, that's like the highest you can get, you know, because like you are so in your body and in your feelings and your soul and those tears fall. 
Absolutely. Especially and, to honor your mama yeah. that way. Yes. Yes. And her name is Joy. So Joy. even her right? Exactly. So in the essence of who she is, it also becomes something that I can choose for myself. And I love, 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 love that connection for me. And and gosh, gosh, right? It's I'm 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 feeling gratitude right now. Just gratitude. Mm-hmm. Like thank you. Thank you, mom, for all of it. Mm-hmm. And and how I know I can still be everything that I want to be. And by doing that, it will honor her even more. And mm-hmm. it just feels so good. Well, now that I know that connection more deeply, because I've heard the backstory and how much she means to you and her name, it totally makes sense about your sort of mission to bring bliss to the people and the blissables and all of that sort of thing. So do you want to brag a little bit on what you've got cooking there? And I know when something like this happens, sometimes you have to push the pause button. I totally get that. But like, I know you have this mission to really bring that joy and bliss to people. So just whatever you want to share about that. Well, thank you. And and yes, my my word for it is bliss. And and there for me that embodies the joy, but also the delight and the magic. So that's what I feel is coming together in the word bliss. So number one, that is why it really resonates. Also, the goddess whispered to me before I ever fell out of love with my brand retreat goddess there's there's something bigger and she said you're the mistress of bliss and that's felt now that's a job title right right so what does that mean right and and i I, want to be the mistress of bliss when i grow up (laughs) we want our daughters saying this right? right yes and and so the the gift that came with understanding why the goddess told me that it it really has because I spent some time wondering wait a second I almost felt like this identity crisis because believe me I loved when during the pandemic when my events business was crumbling this this whole concept of the retreat goddess just showed up and in designing retreats and helping others with their retreat that has been wonderful and I still get to do that, right? Because the mistress of bliss at the core of who I am, it is to connect people with blissful experiences. And I can do that in so many ways. Yes, intimate mm-hmm. retreats are still part of it. As a certified travel mm-hmm. agent, booking a cruise for my friend later this afternoon is going to be blissful. Absolutely, right? The festivals that, yes, I've named blissfuls because there is this added element of bringing delight, joy, pleasure, and all the rest into it. And there is no better overarching word or phrase for it, you know. And so as I experience the grief and have given myself permission to press the pause button, and as I, I look forward to all of that which is to come, I am confident in the alignment of all of it and why. Yes, I'm a manifesting generator. So, of course, that explains a lot of it, too. Then I'm going to have several things that light me up. Right. <laughs> and 
And it all fits and all fits. And what I've been thinking about even more than ever before is how non-negotiable it has become for me to only serve in ways that completely align with who I am and my values and my beliefs. And I'm not willing to be out of integrity with myself. And that has helped so much because it, it will show up even more powerful in my business. And because the goddess needs to make the more money, that the very, you know, roller coaster type revenue mm-hmm. that shows up in my business, I get to also find work elsewhere mm-hmm. that is completely and fully aligned. And as long as the alignment is there, I'm not going to turn down the gift of abundance that is being sent my mm-hmm. way. And, and so that's, that's what I'm looking at right now, you know? And that's what, it feels good. It doesn't feel like I'm selling out. I think that's the important thing I had to do for myself. I totally get that. You know, like I took a, about a year break on this podcast, but then I got the call and when I had the capacity to reactivate it and you know, I think that that's really beautiful that uh, it changes right now. You know, I'm focused a little bit on the book because you got us been like, I know that that's actually the number one thing and I've been putting things like above that. And so, you know, I was, I had plans to launch a million things, but I was like, oh, this book thing, actually, like that's where the energy is and it's coming through and I'm getting the green light. So I'm going to do that. But Fearless Feminine is happening for the summer, but that's probably going to be the main thing that I'm launching. And that'll be easy because we've done it so many times. Mm-hmm. And I think it's been about every six months is about the average. I'd like to get to the point of doing it every three months. But six months is nice because it does give you time to lean into the business, to life, to the changes. And then it is amazing how much people have changed over the rounds. And not only like in their business, viability and money and clients and impact and all those great things, also just as a person you know mm-hmm. so it's just so validating to change and you know when it's just so permission giving when you see other people changing and to acknowledge your own changes and to show up even more you know so so I love that idea of not selling out you know I think so many people are bound to that you know corporate gotta work just waiting for my day off and mm-hmm. and I, I totally get that that you know, is is a have to for a lot of people. And also, I just I think there's something empty about that. And that's a really tough moment to ha- to have to feel like you have to sell out just to survive. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of the new paradigm is I think the millennials and younger are really great at this, even though yeah, they're just they're kind of hitting the workforce yep. is like they won't do what they don't want. To do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot to learn from that. Yes. We've had to deconstruct these societal rules, right? And, the and programming. Break through the, yeah, break through all of that. And we're all doing amazing at it. I absolutely know that because I've witnessed it again and again. And it, it, it is it just, I, as like you said before, how chaotic and mm, things are right now. I still have such hope and a belief yeah. in generations to come. And who we're already seeing show up, that feels so good. And I'm, it, I'm like, oh, how do we just pass off, uh, pass the baton? Let let them lead. Let the younger ones lead now. I can sit in the back and just work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I know. And it's, I think we all are in need of that hope. And like you were saying about your mom, Joy, when I was working at the treatment center, the owner, Hope, who I need to have on the podcast. We've talked about it. I got to get her scheduled. So she's has this, you know, seven figure business in mental health outpatient doing DBT, which is huge and has helped so many people. And her name is Hope, right? And so in treatment, we would say, hold on, pain ends. You know, and so I do think your name, I've got, you know, Megan Monday here. I know, the moon day, like part of my <laughs> mission is, you know, goddessy, magic-y things and helping the world. So I think it's just really beautiful to see those options open up and that people don't necessarily have to do something traditional just to make a decent life for themselves. They can you know, even maybe make more or have a better lifestyle doing something that's like authentic and beautiful and artistic, creative. So absolutely yeah, I'm excited for this world. And you're such a good reminder because it's so easy. We don't hear these stories of hope and it's easy to get caught in all the things that are not working. And, you know, like that 2020 lens, like it's been in our face so that we can see what's not working. But it's also easy to get lost in that and just to realize that you know, it actually is, you know, like for the good and, and good things are happening and the revolution is not being televised. It's right being podcasted, but. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So Julie, I am just so thankful that you're in my life. And I remember you when on the first podcast, you were like, I just have so much fun playing with you. And I just want to thank you so much for still true this in my life. And you're, you know, just have such a beautiful, affirming you know, playful energy. And I just love that. So if people want to find you, where, where do they go? Tell us the things. Well, you can find me on Instagram, the retreat goddess. Mm-hmm. I am there. I still haven't figured out how to show up more than I'm there. So I'm there. Let me just sit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always share my email address because honestly, that's the best way mm-hmm. to get in touch with me. Julie at sure. retreatgoddess.com. Julie mm-hmm. at retreatgoddess.com. That easy. And of course, through you, if they follow you, they can find me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm excited. Any conversation we'll I have. In the show notes and everything. Is perfect. Yes. Oh, thank you, my darling, playful goddess sister. Well, and thank you. And I want to honor Joy, you know, your mother. I felt her spirit through this conversation. And just what a great. You know, I'm all about the matriarchy. So what a beautiful conversation to have about the matriarchy, you know, through this really beautiful, vulnerable share about, you know, what it's been like for you to grieve her and and become the matriarch yourself. Thank you so much for your willingness and such a beautiful soul. I'm so glad you're in my life. Oh, thank you. I feel the same way. And I, any way I can help shine the light on you and celebrate you and everything that you do. The world is better for it. So thank you for everything, my dearest Dr. Megan Monday. Mm. Oh, thank you so much. All right. Well, thank you, the viewers, for watching. So appreciate it. You can subscribe, do those things. <laughs> Look out for Fearless Feminine and go check out Julie Palmer. She's amazing. So bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Divine Feminine Revolution podcast. Make sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Want to keep the conversation flowing? Find us on Facebook at the Divine Feminine Revolution Facebook group, where revolutionary women gather to listen to their hearts, monetize their gifts, and change the world.